Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is Macon of the Cotton Club Crew. This is an emergency solo podcast to discuss the news of Colorado's, it's still technically potential, but seems very likely moved to the Big 12. Um, why we're talking about it is now there are major outlets all reporting the same thing. All the guys you respect, Thamel, Murphy, the Pac-12 insiders, everybody is reporting the same thing that Colorado is discussing, quote-unquote, the move, and is likely to join the Big 12 in 2024. This stuff is never done until somebody signs on, on the bottom line. I, I want to be clear here. But the fact that it's out there now usually means somebody at Colorado is leaking it in order to start paving the way for that move. Um, it would take something unexpected, I think, for that to get reversed. So what does this mean? First and foremost, the question is, is who does the Big 12 go after next for a couple of different reasons? They're not going to stay at 15. Uh, number one being that I don't think Colorado in a vacuum adds tremendous value. Number two being unbalanced is just not great. Uh, Jason Shear, who's over at the Arizona 247 page, he's been a big source of realignment move, has said it's not the four corner schools that the Big 12 is looking at, and the answer may surprise everybody. There's rumors of Oregon, Oregon having a meeting scheduled soon. Granted, I believe there is reason to believe that meeting's related to a coach extension. But anyways, Oregon and Washington are in that conversation. UConn's in that conversation too, whether we want them there or not. Gonzaga also in that conversation. Gonzaga and UConn being priorities of Commissioner Yormark's kind of let's all go in and the Big 12 basketball. So who, who knows what will actually come of the next couple of weeks. I'm assuming this will start to speed back up now that the Pac-12's instability is even more exposed. Those schools will start taking a second look. Um, it could also take a while, though. We all thought that some of this stuff was going to happen a lot faster and a lot sooner when it became clear that the Pac-12's media deal was kind of being torpedoed by lack of interest and lack of stability and blah, blah, blah. So who knows? This, this could be another year-long wait to see who that next team is. But I do believe we can confidently say there's like... Almost no chance we stay at 15. It would be shocking. Uh, but let's look at Colorado first in a vacuum. So Colorado is clearly capitalizing on a lot of momentum right now in their football program with Coach Prime at the helm. He turned over basically everybody on his team. I think some I saw numbers, something like 40 scholarships. Players were knocked out of the program, told to transfer. Um, so it, it is an entirely new experiment over there. I'm not expecting it to work. But if it does, and Colorado does rise in football power, obviously for the Big 12, that's the ideal scenario. Is Colorado really growing into a, a, what it used to be in football and what it only had very, very brief success being in, in the Pac-12? Pretty sure they only had like one or two good years the entire time since they left, and they weren't good that often in the Big 12 either. So, you know, it, it, it's trying to recapture and kind of become a, a program relevant. That's what the Big 12 is wanting 
Now, will it happen? Like I said, I don't think it's happening this year. If you turned over that entire roster, it's definitely a two-year look. So theoretically, if 2024 is the date, then we could be seeing a totally different vibe around a Colorado football program with a lot of talent and improvement. Or we could be seeing a program that's getting ready to fire Coach Prime, who's more flash and substance if it doesn't work. We'll see. Um, I don't know for certain how that experiment was going to work. It is a different ball game than from Prime being an, H- an HBCU where he could kind of promote that university over everybody else's, which gave him a massive recruiting edge. Um, and even there, the success was there, but it's not like they were the best, objectively the best program out of that group. So, you know, is, is it going to take the step up? We'll see. We'll see if that culture comes with him, if that ability to promote, recruit, and all that comes with him. Um, if we're talking about... What else does Colorado offer? They were an NIT team in basketball last year, so you know that's not necessarily a huge basketball program. They have had success. I don't know much about their other sports, to be honest. Obviously, academically, you gain a huge um, partner. That's a very good school. It's a beautiful campus. If you've never had the opportunity to visit, for fans who want to get excited about going to away games there again or have memories of the old days where they were still here, um, you know, if you were. I mean, really, they're not Southwest Conference, so you don't even have to be that old to remember going to Boulder to play in, in any sporting event. But by at this point, a whole new generation of Big 12 fans is kind of coming to their own who probably have not been to Colorado um, since they didn't have their own money the last time that was happening. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I, I like the move in the sense that I like that the Big 12 is expanding. I don't necessarily get my, my jollies up for Colorado. I really want to see who comes next. Oregon would be a major coup. Granted, taking Oregon, you still have fears about what the Big Ten's going to do, but bringing in Oregon means that you're basically bringing the house down on the Pac-12, and that could mean you grab Arizona, Arizona State, and Washington in that mix as well, and Utah, uh, and and bring that group over as well. If you're talking group of five, I think the most likely candidate is San Diego State. Um, I just think that that's a market the Big 12 desperately wants into, and I think the Pac-12 burned SDSU by not being a, in a position to present the media terms, and obviously the Big 12 was targeting Power 5 and kind of waffling too, so I, there are reasons with the, the Mountain West and all that noise about the different payments, so it, there is concerns there. Boise State I don't think is likely just because I don't, well they are a great group of five football program, I don't think they offer value to the conference. SMU's never going to get past Baylor and TCU. I just don't ever see that happening. Um, Memphis could be on the board. Great great basketball program, historic basketball program, historically a great basketball program. Um, and football program that's kind of gotten better, you know, and will likely continue, hopefully, if you were to bring them over, would continue to get better as more money flowed into it. Um, I'm trying to think of any other group of five schools, UConn and Gonzaga. Gonzaga's not technically group of five for, in the sense that they only play basketball or like a relevant sport, but that is a group of five team. Um, UConn being a Big East and an uh, American team. I don't like UConn at all or Gonzaga. I don't believe in going in all in on basketball. I just don't. You bring UConn over and their football program doesn't take a step forward. I mean, I saw somewhere there's a fear with UConn where, you know, that athletic department subsidized by the school. What happens if the school decides to stop making those payments and you're stuck with them? Granted, you bring them up to the Big 12, you dump an extra 15, 20 million, whatever that equates to into their war chest. Perhaps that subsidy is no longer really even needed in the first place or that program under Mora continues to improve. You know, they could reach a point where that's not necessarily a big factor. But there is a reason why. UConn women's basketball is pretty much the only sport over there that's making any money. 
Um, and maybe at this point, men's basketball might have broken is also a factor with all the national titles. But for years, it was the, basically just UConn women's basketball making money. Uh, men's basketball being the second and, and football being literally just helpless. You know, if they can get to the point where they're a respectable 6-7 win team, maybe that's more viable. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what's coming in the future days. I want to do give a shout-out to the commish. You know, Bolsby, I think, is much maligned for a lot of reasons, but he did a great job stabilizing the boat. And then Yormark has come in, and he's really taken the conference to the next level. He's been relentless in his promote promotion of the league, of his belief that the league can go get into the conversation of the other power conferences. And it looks like he's becoming successful, right? Like, if you grab somebody like Oregon, somebody like Washington, and bring them over in this move, and that, I think, likely tips the dominoes, and you're grabbing up whoever you want, becomes a buyer's market in the Pac-12 um, schools. If that's what happens here, and you build quickly a league with all of these brands and all of these existing Big 12 schools all of which have had various levels of success and made you the number one basketball conference by a wide degree. It, it really says something for what you could be, and it says something for where you could get to being in the conversation instead of just the SEC Big Ten and those two just running off and playing ball. You know, you bring in Oregon and Washington or a few more of these Pac-12 schools and or whoever it may be, you could really be in that conversation as, uh, as an equal, not, not just – you know, oh, you're the you're you're 20 million back or 30 million back. Like you could really get in the conversation of being equal because you went and you covered your weaknesses and you are the best basketball conference. So I we'll see. It's all it's still all month, the trajectory still unknown. It really depends who we go get next. But big shout out to the commissioner for really changing the league's trajectory. And again, I will give credit to Bowlesby. I didn't like the guy for any number of reasons, but I thought he did a great job steering that last round of realignment, allowing the Big 12 to stay alive. Um, you know, I thought he was more aggressive than he had been at any point in the past. And that aggression allowed the Big 12 to really survive that punch. And it is objectively funny just how many articles were written about how screwed the Big 12 was, how these schools are all going to be basically, you know, American athletic schools, if that, how they could most likely more like the Mountain West. And now the Pac-12 is effectively dead. You know, I, I think that Colorado going signals the end, and that's a testament to both the efforts of Bowlesby and Yormark for positioning this conference. You got your media deal done early. You secured the future of the league. You're continuing to be aggressive. We'll see what comes next for this league, but it, it, it's you feel so much better about um, your position than you do anywhere any at any other point really in the last 10 years as from a league perspective. I mean, the Big 12's been in and out of this like flux state since A&M and them bailed whenever that was, however many years ago. Um, and since then, it's always felt unstable. There were periods where the league just was not competitive in football at all outside of OU. And now the conference is coming together. It's, it's a fun basketball product for... It is the best basketball product, but now it's a fun football program. It's becoming a, a much more even, balanced football uh, 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 conference with a lot of great storylines, a lot of great teams, teams that compete at the highest levels, a lot of depth. You know, even Kansas is kind of coming along now. Hopefully that continues for them. And, you know, if Colorado comes in and really shakes things up and, and you go grab somebody over in Washington, I mean, you just – it, it, it's crazy that, you know, this time, I remember I when the news broke of the original realignment, I was on a trip to Portland um, 
like the next day or the next week. And I remember being talking to some of the SBN folks and, and generally just monitoring Twitter for more news. And this was around the time when Bowlesby said ESPN was colluding with the American Athletic and all this stuff was going on. It was all bad news. And I remember being legitimately worried that, you know, if, if the Big 12 folds, I'm not certain Tech has a home because we're just not culturally a fit for the Pac-12. Their arrogance aside, of all the Big 12 schools, the arrogance aside of the Pac-12, Baylor and Tech were probably the two that made the least sense culturally out there. We weren't going to get an SEC invite. We weren't going to get a Big 10 invite. I was, I was concerned. And then rumors started to come in as the things went on. Well, maybe Tech does have a Pac-12 in. And then suddenly the Big 12 stable. And it just the, 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 the change in direction has been wild. And I, I would love at some point to watch a 30 for 30 that goes over the full realignment scope for the Big 12 because – I'm not saying that you're better off about Texas and OU because I, I think while I hate Texas and I, I strongly dislike Oklahoma, you know, they there are reasons why obviously those programs are so important to the conference. But you are becoming a league that doesn't need them like you did. And that that's massive. Because if those two guys were always the only thing anchoring the show, you're going to have to continue to deal with Texas's whiny bullshit. You're going to have to continue to deal with OU's even whinier bullshit, just a little less bullying than Texas, because Texas could pull some levers in the state ledge to make some things happen, and OU didn't have those levers. And you, you can deal without everybody just talking about, oh, well, outside of those two brands, there's nobody. Because, I mean, Texas has been doing it forever, and OU's kind of faded, too, towards the pack. Um, I, I don't think Venables is going to get that boat turned around this season either. But another story for another day. Point being, it's a, it is just a good sign that the conference looks like it doesn't have to be Texas and OU and then everybody else in terms of brand power. The conference is stable. The league is growing. You're going to go get more schools, and you're going to continue to thrive, and you're going to see what happens. I mean, maybe the super conference thing happens anyways with the Big Ten and the SEC. Maybe all this does is it gets the Big 12 schools an invite into that party down the line. Maybe NIL completely neutralizes everybody's advantage and we finally have parity back in college football at the highest levels. Who knows? But you are in the best position you could have been in, and I did not anticipate this during the last round of realignment. I don't think anybody did. I wasn't one of those who was super pessimistic. Oh, there's no money in the Big 12. But I was like, okay. You're going to be fighting with the Pac-12. It's going to be a you know it's going to be a knife fight to see which one of those conferences comes out ahead. And then your Mark just stepped on them. I mean, he's just been crushing them at every turn, just slapping them around. And you know this is kind of the, this is the final knife in the back before you really throw your last haymaker to put them on the ground. I'm extremely impressed by that. And good on the presidents and and, and the ads for understanding that like this needed to be a priority. We have to continue to be aggressive. Higher education has a tendency towards conservatism. And I don't mean that politically. I mean that in terms of moving slow, a slow, methodical process. And you couldn't afford that when the when Texas and OU left. You couldn't really afford to be on your heels or rest on your laurels after that. And they, they continued to be aggressive. And that's what you want to see from your, your leadership at the, at the athletic level is you just you have to continue to per- anticipate the future. You know, because what happens if, say, Oregon and Washington don't come in this round. They do end up going to the Big Ten, which is what everybody thought was inevitably going to happen. you got Colorado and Arizona, and maybe with that you can snag Arizona State and Utah. I'm, I'm just spitballing here. You know, but the point being is bringing Colorado now, it's open to go get more. So if, the, if that, like, next blow comes with Big Ten claiming another two brands and just solidifying that it's them and the SEC against everybody else, um, then at least you're in the best position of what's left. 
And like I said, maybe that just gets you an invite to the party. Maybe you can become a third power conference, again, with to put yourself up against those two. Whatever the case, it continues to be a good sign that the Big 12 is looking ahead. I don't love the push to go in all-in on basketball that your marks prioritized, but this demonstrates that even while he is pushing his priorities, which are to continue to grow basketball, he thinks that's where the movement is, he's willing to accept that, okay, basketball side, we got to go get the schools that are the best for us. And while I'm not necessarily wild about Colorado, they are an important pillar of the next step. You couldn't get anywhere without go getting a school like Colorado. And if Prime does work out, if Colorado is suddenly competitive again in football, then that move will especially look genius. So I'm going to close it out here. I didn't want to make this too long since it's just me and I'm talking for 15 minutes. Hopefully you guys enjoy. Feel free to weigh in. Let us know what you think about this realignment news, what you think about what's coming next, and who you think the Big 12 could potentially be um, targeting. You know, as I'm recording this at 740, I haven't seen any news about anybody else. But, you know, by this time tomorrow, we could have another school. Or it could be another year. What, it, it, there's no guessing what's going to happen with realignment. But it's a good day. And, you know, I, I, I hope that the Big 12 continues to have more good days. Because while I know a lot of schools don't necessarily have the t- closest ties to all their conference mates, you know, West Virginia being one, I think Tech has a good fit here. And I, I would like this to be their home going forward. So as long as it continues to grow, continue to be relevant, that's what I think is best. So wreck them. And let's all stay tuned.